Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Final Furlong Podcast is proudly sponsored by Coral. Look out for exclusive Final Furlong Smart Boosts on attheraces.com. The smart money's on Coral. BeGambleAware.org 18 plus. The Final Furlong Podcast is brought to you in association with attheraces.com, the ultimate resource for racing fans. Welcome along to the Final Furlong Podcast. This is it. The greatest show on turf is in sight, and this is our day one preview of the Cheltenham Festival. I'm Emmett Kennedy, along side in studio my partner in crime from at the races mr kevin blake hello that is an enthusiastic hello of a man who is still recovering from our cheltenham festival preview night which by the way if you haven't seen it yet you can now watch it on youtube because some people don't want to watch it on facebook so head on to youtube and you can see the entire at the races cheltenham preview night from the goat in association with coral and the final Furlough podcast and do a search for At The Races Cheltenham Preview 2019 and there it'll be. pop up straight away our set design this year was a massive upgrade on the previous two years uh, which was great we had a fantastic crowd and uh, it's unedited so you get all of the F-bombs and everything it's all there YouTube will take probably take it down soon enough lads so enjoy it while it's there <laughs> Post enough complaints and it may get taken down. That was great. And thank you so much for the kind words on social media as well. If we're going to preview day one of the Cheltenham Festival, there is only one man that you've got to call. So much so he's on speed dial. It's the Irish Fields, Rory DeLarge. Well, hello there. Welcome back to the show, my friend. Are you set for Cheltenham? Uh, I am mostly, mostly. I'm not loving the enthusiasm there, Rory. I was expecting, yeah, Kennedy, I've got loads of winners picked out. Can't wait. No, but there's there's being ready for Cheltenham. There's a lot of a lot of underwear to wash and pack and stuff like that. <laughs> well, it's, we not did, just, did, it's not just about finding winners, you know? Too much details. Too much details. We can leave that to... Oh, well, I was going to say leave it to your imagination, but unfortunately, that's your imagination, Scott. Um, you can send the therapy bill to... We all, we all have races. underwear, you know? It's, it's not a scoundrel. <laughs> It's funny because it's true, but I don't want to think about it. Um, we will be doing daily previews available on AtTheRaces.com and your podcast apps. So remember to subscribe to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, whoever it is you're with, to make sure you never miss a podcast. Uh, the day two preview will be recorded with Declan Ricks a little bit later on. Day three with Vanessa Ryland, Declan Ricks, Saturday morning, 11 a.m. And we're recording day four with uh, some fella called Rory DeLarge, and that will also be available Saturday afternoon, again, all on At The Races. Before we begin our preview of day one, weather update. 
brought to you specially by the premium rate service of Kevin Blake. What is the current going and the current state of the ground and the current weather for Cheltenham 2019? So the ground on both the chase and the hurdle track at the minute is good to soft, soft in places with, I quote, plenty of rain knocking about. So Rory, you're in that neck of the woods. What do you make of all of it? Well, I'm not in that neck of the woods at the moment, but I spent long enough in that neck of the woods. Um, yeah, I've been looking at the weather forecast myself for, for quite a while, and um, there's rain on and off, um, but not huge amounts um, through the weekend. But the heavy rain they're expecting um, seems to be due to hit Cheltenham on Tuesday, um, Tuesday morning, um, and that will be that will be what changes the going. You know, as you said, Cheltenham drains very quickly. It also gets soft very quickly as well. It works, it works both ways. It's a case of what the weather happens to be like on a on a race day. Um, the going will change um, as the as they go through to any what's happening. But um, I think the most important thing here is is um, the track is bound to be in really good nick. They've had problems in the past, obviously, with with very cold winters, trying to get enough grass growth and making sure that the, you know, it's not just a case of how soft the ground is, it's how much cushion there is in the turf as well. Um, We've had a lovely, um, mild January and February, proper spring weather um, a few weeks ago, and that would have helped enormously with grass growth. Um, So conditions should be absolutely fine. It will be, you'd imagine it'll be on the soft side, but these... You know, you can't you can't entirely trust weather forecasts when you're looking three, four, five days in advance. Um, and the other thing to bear in mind is, um, you know, they're expecting quite strong winds um, early in the week, um, winds up to 40 miles an hour, um, and that's going to be an issue for the horses as well. So, on that bombshell. Shall we begin, gentlemen? And we're going to go in chronological order, starting with the race that gets the biggest roar of all when the tapes go up. Skybet Supreme Novices Hurdle at 1.30. Al Dancer is currently your 3-1 to favourite if we go with the biggest price of all. Uh, Fakir Dudari, who runs, according to J.P. McManus, anyway. Um, we should just clarify at the start here, Kev, that Barry Garrity will be riding the British J.P. McManus horses if... The Richburg, oh God, if he was still fit, he would have been riding him. But the Irish J.P. McManus horses are going to be ridden by Mark Walsh and possibly J.J. Slevin? Um, I don't know. I, that sounds about right, but I wouldn't be betting your life on it either way now. I think we'll, we best wait until Dex before we, uh, we make assumptions. I'm just highlighting this in case people are doing anti-post bets on who they think is going to be top jockey because obviously there's a lot of fancy horses but it's not guaranteed that Barry will be on Sir Eric for example mm. just to keep that in mind he might he might be but I think Mark Walsh will be coming in for, for a lot of these rides whereas the UK JP horses Barry will be riding so is it going to be JJ is it going to be Mark Walsh Whatever, Fakir Dudari is going to be a fascinating runner. He's a top price five to one. Is challenging for favoritism with some. Angel's Breath, good luck with that project. Seven to one, six to one. Elixir de Nuts, uh, eight to one. Mr. Fisher, who Barry pro- probably will be riding, to be fair, and is fancied by many. Uh, Twelve to one, top price. Ten to one, general. And then we're at Classical Dream, who's as big as fourteen to one. That can't be right, surely. Come on, Willie. 
Common sense prevails. Run your grade one winner here. No, none running no bet with that 14s now. Oh, it doesn't matter. Come on. Um, Kevin Blake, your current assessment of the Skybred Supreme Novices Hurdle. You've been going through the form book, the stats last night. You gave your views on Tuesday, but what's your current thinking for the race? Um, I don't have a huge view in it. You know, Al Dancer, I, I don't have a wild amount against them. You just, you wonder with the occasion, the Supreme being at what it is, might just fire him up a little bit more than usual. He's a free-going fella on a, on a quiet day, so that's a slight concern there. Um, Fakir Duderez, the, the, the rain will be a great help to him, I'd say. You, you watch him, he has a big, exaggerated knee action and uh, softer ground than he got at Cheltenham here in January will definitely suit him better. Um, getting the eight pounds will be a big help for him. He has plenty of experience. You, you couldn't knock him on that front. And um, he looks a good, solid chance. But um, Angel's Brett... Um, we spoke about it at the time but I, I was more forgiving of his last run um, than some and to be fair his price he was as big as 16s after being beaten by Southfield Stone last time and he's steadily away shortened back up and he's probably about the right price now 5-1 to one. I think that's a fair reflection of his chance I'd expect to, to him I'd expect him to improve quite a nice bit from that and um, he's probably the one I go for but on, only just narrowly and before we ask Rory for a selection, I want to throw him a curveball and ask him a question. Rory, is there any chance, you um, you probably know the horse better than me, is there any chance Itchy Feet is a bit of a forgotten horse here? Ah, uh, the first forgotten horse mention of the, uh, of the day. Um, <laughs> Go collect, lads. <laughs> well, he's jogged up. He's definitely going to run, isn't he, Itchy Feet? Um, and... Only Murphy's actually got two in the race, and they're both probably under the radar to some degree. Um, Thomas Darby being the other one, um, who Richard Johnson will ride. So they're all they're all ready to go. Gavin Sheehan rides Itchy Feet. Um, he's been he's beaten Grand Sonsi already, mm. um, and that looks decent form. And his second to to Elixir de Nuts here has been well fried since. So the worry with him is that all his forms in good and good to firm ground. Yeah, they seem to think he he wants that, or he might even need that. Yeah, that, and that would be that would be the concern. But yeah, you're right. You're right to say that. You know, he comes out um, as well in terms of, of collateral form as some horses do, much shorter prices than him in the race. So um, there's certainly an argument that that he is um, he's been forgotten about by punters. And if conditions, you know, they miss the rain they're due to get on Tuesday, then he'd be an interesting one at um, at uh, twenty five to one or thereabouts. Um, but. Like Kevin, I don't have a I don't have a tremendously strong view on this. Um, again, I'm I'm not at all anti Angel's breath. My my worry with Angel's breath is is um, is experience, but his chance was improved um, by finishing second at Kempton last time out, rather than the other way around. So it was bonkers that he he drifted markedly in the betting, uh, and the experience that he gained there would would stand him in good stead. I still don't like horses who've who've just had two runs. Um, coming into a race like this, um, experience tends to count for an awful lot. I like Fakir Duderiz. Um I'm not I'm not concerned about him being a four year old. There haven't been that many uh, four year olds to come into this race with a chance in recent years. There have been really four or five that you would given a chance to on paper in the last ten years, and there's been a first and second from those. Mm. Um, so not a not a worry at all. Um, but Oscar, of course, was seconds in these colours to uh, to Captain CB. Um, so that's absolutely fine. I wouldn't fancy Elixir de Nuts. I, I don't want a front runner in this. Um, it's a really tough race. They tend to go a little bit harder than they should in the Supreme. And horses right on the front end, 
you know, if, if you've been making all the running, you either need to be able to change your tactics a little bit, um, or you need to judge it absolutely right, as as Ruby did in Champion Fever, one of the greatest rides you'll see at Cheltenham oh, ever. Brilliant, uh, when Genius. he won this. Um, but it's, it's extremely hard to do, and it's probably going to be harder to do in a, in in a wind as well. It makes it much harder to judge pace, and obviously, if they're if they're running into the wind down the hill, um, then it's it's you, you'd you'd like to have cover rather than be. Um, in the teeth of it, so I don't want a front runner in the race. I want something that's shown that they can they can um, um, run the race held up. Uh, and the one that I the one that I like most at the price is although I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be spending a huge amount of my um, of my kitty on this race. Although there will be various offers coming in. I, I've always liked Aramon. Um, he was really impressive at Leperstein at Christmas, and he lost very little cast in defeat being beaten by Classical Dream. I would I would fancy him to be Classical Dream in a rematch. Um, I, I don't think he's absolutely outstanding, but I think he's solid. I think he's the type of horse who's going to run his race, and he's probably going to be a little bit too big in the betting. To be fair, um, Matt Chapman made the same argument, and I must say, having done the Cheltenham preview night with him and, and sitting beside him, there was a lot of stuff said online, but I, I do have a soft spot for Matt. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> you it, weren't saying that a minute ago. <laughs> it, it's, it's called a swamp. <laughs> So if somebody can find a swamp big enough for Chapman, away you go. <laughs> uh, but he was all over Armoron. I really like Classical Dream, and I, I can back it up. Like He's got a lot of good form from his days in France. He only just about did it on debut. And then Ruby picked him. He beat Armoron. Yes, Rory makes a good point about that race, but Willie was glowing about him afterwards and talking about how much he shows him at home and the thing is Willie and Ruby have a fantastic record in this race but neither of these horses are coming in with the reputation of a Vitour or a, or a Dovan or even a Min who, who got beaten but ran a huge race I really like him and the market does seem to be flip-flopping William Hill go 14s but everybody else is cut down to 7s and 8s yeah and, I, yeah, and so I, everyone else is going on a low bet and that's, that's why you get the true, difference in price there true but uh, if I knew I wouldn't mind taking the 14s and, and the chance well what I'd, what I'd say is that if um, if Classical Dream runs he'd be my selection in front of Angel's Brett um, I'm just operating kind of on the assumption that he doesn't but if this rain arrives that might swing him back and uh, those that are on a big prices might get a run for their money after all, lads. Oh, thank God. You put them <laughs> over what? 33s, 20s? About six different times. <laughs> Kept on trying and finally people listen to you. Uh, it's armor on, though, for you, Rory. Do you see a situation here where they split them and Classical Dream goes for the Ballymore? It's possible, yeah. I, I, I don't like trying to get inside Willie Mullins' head. I think, um, you know, tr- we all know that from previous years that Willie's got a big pack to shuffle. Um, and he knows what the possibilities are for every horse, but he doesn't. He doesn't make decisions until very late in the day because there will be horses who, who lose the form a little bit, who don't travel over well, who, who you know, don't please uh, when they arrive at Cheltenham. And there'll be horses who suddenly bloom who haven't been pleasing. Uh, again, getting back to Champion Fever, he would have been he'd have been a bigger price than Classical Dream for this when he won it at this stage and then was punted off the boards in the day. Mm-hmm. You know, there was a possibility of him going for the three miler if you remember. There was never a possibility, um, but people were guessing that he was going to go for it. They had Bally, yes. Bally Casey for the three-miler, but people were just assuming, oh, he doesn't have the speed for it, but he did. Is that Siri interrupting us? Is, is she? Is Siri no, just, she's not. It's not on mine. It's on Kevin's phone. What did she say? 
I don't know. I didn't know I had Siri turned on. No, they ne- see, never used Remy Light. Kevin and I have both got new iPhones. Uh, I know how to use mine. Kevin's like, oh, what the hell? Uh, so final selections. If she, if he runs, Kevin, you're with me on Classical Dream. Oh, there's Rory's, Rory's dog. Rory. Is there's Rory's. A, there's Rory's. Being happy about that. That's Rory's Siri. <laughs> <laughs> Rory's series is a lot more aggressive. Um, so you're with me with Classical Dream if he runs. Yeah, if it's not... A, yeah, Angel's Breath. Angel's Breath yeah. for you. Uh, Rory, you're with Armoron. I'm, I'm with Armoron, yeah. And yeah. would you stick with him if Classical Dream lines up? Well, yeah, that's... I'd be keener on him if, you know, if, if Ruby rides and Classical Dream turns out, or if, or, or if he doesn't, if Classical Dream runs in the Valley more, um, that would increase the confidence. But I'd be happy enough to... I think he's going to be... If Classical Dream turns up, then Armand's going to drift. And he's going to, he's end, he's going to end up being a reasonable price. And I think you've got a good run for your money out of him. I'd nearly do the reverse forecast. Reverse oh, forecast on on too. I nearly would, you know. Because that, that form looks really solid to me, that Dublin Racing Festival form. And Kevin's not too dismissive here in the final Furlong Podcast studio. Uh, by the way... There's nothing... No better way to start the Cheltenham Festival than with a, with a massive reverse forecast. Oh, I love it. <laughs> I love it. Uh, how many containers of Fox's fruits are currently in the final Jesus Forum podcast Christ. studio, Kevin? Three of them. Giant ones. We're talking containers now. D- containers. Yeah. Large containers. Yeah. Uh, oh, hold on. Do they have the weight? Oh, Jesus. There is photographic evidence of this on. just gone on it's Twitter at Radio Emmet. 2.34 kilograms per <laughs> box. And there's three of them. That's seven kilos of Fox's fruits. That's like, what? Jesus, a stone and a quarter oh. of Fox's fruits. And I keep shedding weight. I don't understand it. I don't. You have a tapeworm. I don't. I don't. I don't. <laughs> Chapman, I think, does. But I'm starting to look at the idea that maybe one snuck in. Uh, the Arkle is the second race. That's a disturbing image. The Arkle is the second race that we'll talk about. Uh, Glenn Forsa has come from nowhere to be currently favorite. Anywhere between three to one, seven to two, four to one. Lawler which we're sticking with as the pronunciation because that's what the breeder called them in Germany. Uh, four to one is the top price. Three to one, 11 to four elsewhere. Duke de Genevra, uh, six to one, 13 to two, five to one. He's the selection of Hugh Taylor on attheraces.com. Defi Desoy is going to go for the JLT. We've pretty much got the nod. And the one who's come from money is the horse that Kevin Blake has been talking about for a few weeks now, although Jamie Codd stole his thunder on the At The Races Cheltenham preview night. Honestly, I had no idea Jamie was going to do that, but he agrees with you and put up Hardline. The case for you, Kevin Blake, and Hardline is... Ah, he, look, he, he's shortened up a nice bit since. I won't, I suppose, can we take it for granted that most people that listen to this listen to the, the, the preview night, so I, I won't go into the full detail in all of these. I, I suspect the listeners will be uh, more interested in Rory's thoughts, but in a nutshell, um, I've always kind of thought he was a two-miler. Um, we've been talking about him since December when he absolutely whomped us and them. Um, over two miles and the, us and them had zero excuse that day and Hardline beat him 10 lengths you know further than the Richburg has beat him in, in the, the his subsequent two starts um, went up to two and a half miles I think he would have beaten Get a Bird anyway even if Get a Bird didn't make that mistake and Keith Donahue looked very confident coming down to the last and last time at Leopardstown he, he landed on top of a fence going out onto the final circuit lost his confidence a little bit very slow at the next detached um, Jack Kennedy did the right thing he rode him very quietly gradually got his confidence back and between the second and last and, and the last he made up about eight lengths on the leader 
and um, there was, that was a big effort and that was his race run he'd no more to give on the run in but you couldn't knock him for it back to two miles will really suit won't mind the rain um, he's a super jumper of a fence he's really come forward for chasing and yeah look I think it's a I think he's really really solid in a windy art in a windy windy arkle. I was surprised you hadn't used that phrase yet a windy arkle. <laughs> it, it is a windy arkle chase though to be fair Rory like it, it is it has changed dramatically from the anti-post front Lerichberg is a is a real loss to the race so Glenn Force, as I said, has emerged from from nowhere. Lawler, we haven't seen on the track for 94 days and disappointed prior to that. Dynamite Dollars is another big blow. So what's your current thinking in terms of, does the race appeal to you from a betting perspective? And if so, how are you leaning? Well, I've I've leaned heavily one way um, a while ago with this, as as Kevin knows. Um, I've done a bit in the... um, in the the Weatherby's Children Festival guide, and um, I put us and them up as my um, as my outsider oh, yeah. um, for the day, and he would have been. I reckon you could have got sixty six to one about him at that stage if you if you dropped you know if, on the exchanges, and certainly forties and bigger um, with the firms at that stage. That was with Lerichborg in the race. Uh, my argument was just you know you have to judge these horses on what they've actually achieved. Whereas people tend to see that, oh, horse A has beaten horse B, so let's stick, let's put a line through horse B. Horse B can't win now. And you end up letting horses who've won weak races in because they've not been beaten by anything that you're considering. Um, and actually, you know, the horse with the third or fourth best form in the race gets gets shunted down the betting um, because people are looking for shortcuts. Um, and his form is very solid. He's he's He would be a substandard um Arkle winner, but it looks like we're going to get a substandard Arkle winner anyway. Um, but his um, he's improved since um, since Hardline uh, beat him, um, and his his seconds. I mean, I think the Richborg is, is the real deal, and plenty of other people think that um, he's been comfortably beaten by that horse the last twice. But he's finished comfortably second both times with a tongue tie on, um, and that solid form is backed up by the um, by the clock. Um, and his his official rating suggests he's got a much better chance than horses who are, who are shorter than him. And also, what happened when the Richborg came out is everything shortened by the same amount essentially. Um, whereas he was too big in the betting because, as a stablemate of the Richborg and horse who'd been second to him, as I said, he he'd been bigger than he should have been. It's one of those well, they're not going to run this if they've got the Richborg. Um, in the anti-post market, or you know, he's already had his card marked there. Particularly, Richborg guy, and you've got to you've got to judge him on his merits. And the market still has him wrong, not nearly as much as it did. Um, but there was twenties around a couple of days ago, and uh, he's still a fair price now. Obviously, you've you've had plenty of opportunity to to take advantage of that before now. And I'm not sure again that it's a race to um, to be having fortunes on. The more I think about it, the more I think that the you know. Um, while the JLT will suit Deffy Desoy, uh, I think the way this race is going to be run would, would really suit him as well. And if he ran, um, he'd be favourite, and he'd be a very good favourite as well. Um, the race would suit his, his run style. He's got a good turn of foot at the end of it as well, but it, it sounds like he's not running. Um, again, I don't really want a front runner in this. Um, but it, you know, it's not it's not a, quite as strong a view as it would be in the um, in the supreme, and and the key there is how big the field is. Um, but I, again, these novices can be flattered by making the running. Glenn Force is a horse I really liked early in the season. 
I saw him win a, a novice chase at uh, novice handicap chase at Chepstow. I thought this is one to follow, but that was off a mark of 114. There used to be a hard and fast rule in the Arkle that you had to be, you know, like 150 odd over hurdles to have a chance of winning an Arkle. And now we're getting a horse that was rated 114 a couple of months ago as as the market leader, and that's that strikes me as being absolutely bonkers. He's been very impressive on his uh, uh, on his last couple of starts, um, but he does stay further. I mean, it was, it was nearly three miles again winning off a mark of 114 over three miles at Chepstow is um, it shows you how far Glenn Forster has come um, he would have been an absolute I thought it was a good thing for the novice handicap chase it would have been so easy to make sure that he got in with about a, a mark of 140 um, getting away from horses there but he's in the Oracle they clearly think an awful lot of him he will stay beyond this trip but there's no way he should be favourite is there? I don't think so I like him, but I, I, just, you know, I, I, I like him an awful lot. But you know, he's the kind of horse that you, you want to have on your side at a double figure price. Yeah, and he was, he was, you know, even after people had reacted to his win at Sandown last time, he was still ten to one and bigger. Um, so I can't, I don't, I don't quite buy the gamble on him at this stage. For all, he's a nice horse, and I think this is a much, much um, stiffer test. Kalashnikov um, has been a little disappointing, and Glenn Forster had his own way. The, the clock shows that he's very good. You know, he's putting up decent times, but he doesn't have the experience at this level that a lot of other horses do. And at Shelton, that tends to be very important. And you can see him just catching him out. It's also... Boogie thinks so too. <laughs> it's also just a very unorthodox preparation for him uh, as well. But Well, he's trained by Mick Shannon, so you expect, I mean, you expect an unorthodox, unorthodox preparation. <laughs> it's, it's surprising that he hasn't run over hurdles and in a flat maiden, to be perfectly honest. Can you just tell us who the dog fancies? Because he really wants to get his word in. <laughs> Is it a horse called the Postman? <laughs> <laughs> Dogs hate post They really, really do. do. They Jesus. really do. Um, do you have an observation on what Rory's had to say? Just on, on us and them, Rory, something I'd kind of add into the mix as well that I assume you'll, you'll be happy to hear is I, I suspect he won't be ridden quite as forwardly as he has been in his last two. Yes. Um, I, I suspect they'll be happy to, to track the pace rather than help force it. Yes, yeah, so that, that was my reading as well. Um, and that's a good thing. You, d- you don't want to have to try to dominate your field in an article. It's, it's too tough to do. Yeah. Unless you're something exceptional. And again, talking about Champion Fever making all the supreme. He wasn't able to, to make all against Western Warhorse in the article. Oh. And it's, it's, it's still impossible to believe that when you watch the replay. But <laughs> yeah. That's the way it is. Okay, you want to see Kennedy's face here? <laughs> you rub salt in the wound. Why did you have to go and mention that? <laughs> like, I had such happy memories of the supreme. And then you go and mention that. Dear God. Anyway, anyway. Um, final selection, so, for the Arkle Chase, gentlemen. Roy Delargy. Us and them? I was, clo- I was closing the door. Us and them, yes. Yes. Kevin? Closing the door on bogeys, trying to keep the, the noise down slightly. Are you happy with Hardline at 7-1? to one? Um, Yeah, he's getting closer to his price now, but... Um, a lot of the juice is gone, but he's still my selection, definitely. One of, he'd be one of my stronger ones of the week, to be honest. Even at that price? Just about, just about. You don't yeah. want to, you don't want to get him much no, shorter. No. Okay. Uh, that is the first two great ones that kick things off. We're then into handicap company, with the ultimate handicap chase. Uh, if Mick Shannon does happen to win the Arkle, then uh, he could be very well going for a famous double. As Mr. Whitaker is very prominent in the market here, uh, nine to one shot. Give me a copper. Who Harry Derham basically told us was a good thing. An absolute solid moral for Paul Nichols has shortened into five to one, six to one in places. Manila Rocco, 
Ooh, how the mighty have fallen. 9 to 1, 8 to 1. Kustar Savola, 12s and 14. Single farm payment. Ah, come on. They're going to keep going at this for 17 years, aren't they? 14 to 1. Uh, and Jerry's back, who Barry Garrity gave a very interesting mention to, is 16s. The uh, Simon Munir and Isaac Sweethorse um, that Jamie Codd mentioned for the ultimate is actually going for the Close Brothers chase on the... Oh, sorry, the, the Brown the Advisory. Brown Advisory, and yeah. Mary Brillo festival plate on the thursday janica janica so don't panic when he came out of this that wasn't that wasn't really the race he was going to go for jamie just got his words mixed up um it's fascinating handicap chase it's one we all want to get stuck into so rory delargi what is your thinking give us the nuggets of information who wins the ultima i don't like it much at all to be ah, ah, come on man <laughs> Um, I, I think I think Give Me A Cop is one of the worst favourites of the week oh. <gasps> Harry Derham's going to be coming for you well you know I, I just Cheltenham is not the kind of place I mean for, I, I take my hats off to Connections if they win with this horse and it's clearly held in reasonably high regard but the idea you've got a horse that you think I think how well handicapped do you think he is they only think they think he's well enough handicapped to lay him lay him out for a Cheltenham Festival handicap worth sixty one grand. They don't think he's well enough handicapped to win a graded race. Um, so he can't have more than ten pounds in hand, and he's got no experience. He's got no experience whatsoever. And just look, just look at him. He's he's won a two runner race, and that's it. Unseated as rider, one two runner race, finished fourth at Sandown. Horses who run at Sandown before Cheltenham. Uh, in this race, have a, have a terrible record historically, by the way. But um, that, that, that's that's not the strongest stat you'll hear. Sam, it's not the it's not the greatest place to come from. To be I just fair, think Rory, he's just, been, talk, just he's to, been talked up for so long. Just if, he was, to if he wasn't talked up, he'd be twenty five to one shot. Just to interject, Rory, I, I should point out to you that Norville has been in touch, and Norville did say respect lightly raced horses in the Ultima, and this is the Ultima. Ah, there's lightly there's raced, lightly raced and there's lightly <laughs> raced. He's had one race. He's had one race, <laughs> to all intents and purposes, and and he's a front runner as well. Best of luck trying to make all the running in the ultimate after one race of offences. I'd be gobsmacked if he hits the frame. Oh, if he hits the frames, a place lay for Rory in that case. Well, yeah, that's, I mean that's that's the way you have to take a horse. You don't grind laying horses at five or six to one. But if you think you're going to be caught out by by um, inexperience, just you got to you got to take them all on the. Uh, I would go in the five and six place markets where you can on the exchanges. I'm starting um, to think just, that that's not the dog. I'm starting to think that's actually Harry Derham in the background. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in in that case, then, because the, one of the big things about a market at Cheltenham is if you can find the favourite that you dislike, brilliant, because you can then try and find something at a bigger price. So if he's not who you're interested in, Rory, where well, that's the, where that's are the you? That's the problem with this race is that you take him out of the market you're, you're not betting over broke are you no and and so it's not actually opening up any value to you at the moment it will do it will do on the day when you see the final decks yeah i'd love to see discorama in here because he'd win kevin Blake um, not be but he's probably gonna go for the national hunt chase instead. yeah, yeah. Kevin, kevin wants him in the formatter but he's still you know they, they still um you know paid the money to keep him in this i've i the heard they had a jockey booked for um i heard barry o'neill was booked for the the National Hunt Chase, unconfirmed, but I did hear yeah. that. Okay. But um, yeah, he he'd be really interesting in here. Um, it's all guesswork is a, is a million to get in the race, but there's been a few times in the past where this race has cut up remarkably, 
I remember Golden Chieftain would have been like 50th in line to get in this and they'd already planned they'd got a jockey for him for Win Canton and everything um, and then he sneaked in right at the bottom and won at 33-1 to 1. if it's all guesswork sneaked in at the bottom with a handicap he'd be a terrific bet um, almost certainly isn't going to as number 45 but those are the ones that are kind of interesting to me but it's not a race my, my strongest view on the race is, is that we've been we've been lulled into thinking some horse is a good thing because we've been told that by connections when all logic tells you you can't be back on a horse with, with that kind of experience um, in, a, in a race like this. Um, he should be well handicapped, give me a copper, but being well handicapped is not the most important thing in, in, in Cheltenham Festival handicaps at times, especially over fences. You've got to be able to cope with it. Take that, Harry Derham. Uh, I'm obviously heartbroken because on Tempor 2 was due to be on the comeback trail for this race, the horse who could not be beaten in it. And he's out. And also, David Pipe is dead to me. So, uh, <laughs> Jesus. Uh, Kevin, your thoughts on, on the ultimate? Oh, I have nothing. I have nothing. Nothing at all. I'm happy to keep Move on. on. Yeah. I have a train to catch, you know. I'll, I'll be, uh, I'll be, I'll be cheering the the fav for for Harry Derham, but that's about the height of it. <laughs> that's, I, very, that's very kind of you. <laughs> I would go for for Jerry's back. I think he's interesting, and JP loves it tilts at this race. Um, Philip Hobbs had a horrid season last year, and he was well beaten as a favourite at Haydock last time out, but. Um, Expect him to show improved form. He, he still finished in front of Crucial Rule that day, didn't he? He, he did. He race. did. So and the, and the, he, the form of that of that race is better than it looks. And Vindication would have been a really strong fancy for the for the final furlong podcast team, and he's got form with him as well. So I'm happy to go with him. The final furlong podcast is proudly sponsored by Coral. Look out for exclusive final furlong smart boosts on attheraces.com. The smart money's on Coral. BeGambleAware.org. 18 plus. The feature race of the day. Dare I say, feature race of the week now. The champion hurdle sees Apple's Jade oh, yes. nine to four. The dual champion hurdler who bids to follow in the footsteps of Istarak by winning three in a row. Bouvadere, nine to four, joint favorite. Lorena, four to one. Sharjah, twelves. Melon, fourteens. With the ways run this year, you should be adding a zero behind that. And then Verdana Blue beating them the flat lately. Who cares? It's all about the front three. Rory Delargy. You have campaigned harder than Nigel Farage campaigned for Brexit to get Apple's Jade to run in the champion hurdle. And common sense has prevailed. Here she is. And you're holding tickets that could turn you into a billionaire. Oh, <laughs> uh, yes. I'm on a 50s with Bet Bright. So that's looking good. Oh, <laughs> void. Oh, no. <laughs> please tell me. Please, that's not true. Please tell me no. that's a joke. Please <laughs> tell me it is. Jeez. Everything everything about that is a joke. Um, <laughs> we've, we've had a lot of tweets asking us to talk about it. Look, it's Cheltenham. It's, we're too busy. But r- rest assured, we will deal with it. It's not going away. But Cheltenham's too important right now. Uh, I'm bringing two dozen eggs to the festival. <laughs> and you know what that's for. I, I tell you, I wonder, is he going to show his face? I think, well, I, I, I think I, he's almost oblivious, isn't he? I think he thinks he's done the right thing. Oh, God, that statement was an absolute farce. Oh, anyway, awful, awful anyway, Apple Jade, 94. We'll all be feeling better when Apple's Jade wins the champion. Yeah, tell, yeah, me, well, yeah. tell me what price you're on Apple's Jade at. I, I've got a, I've got a little bit of, of the hundred that was laid on Betfair. <laughs> Delargy. Oh, I'd, I'd, I'd love to know who the fellow that laid that was, but someone who, somebody, because I, I had to ask for her to be added to the market after she'd won the Hatton's Grace oh. by half the track. It's absolutely crazy that she wasn't in the betting for the champion hurdle. She had already put up the performance good enough to win the champion hurdle there, in my opinion. 
Um, and still, everyone was just listening to the O'Leary line. Um, Jeez, and you, you've imagine got there was, to price imagine these top Eddie O'Leary that laid the hundreds. <laughs> imagine it was Eddie O'Leary that laid the hundreds. <laughs> oh god! Yes. Well, Eddie listens to the show, and I'm uh, sure he's too sensible to be doing that. And that, and that is a joke. Yeah, sadly, yes, sadly, yes, yes, yes. we are being sarcastic there. The rest of the the rest of the uh, the um, the money I was asking wasn't much, but there you go. Rory, I have to just state publicly that I'm up to my eyeballs on Apple's Jade, but I don't have those fancy prices. So not only will I be cheering her on. For my own selfish interest, I'll be cheering around for you as well. And to be fair, Rory, you've been saying it on the Final Furlong podcast for a long, long time. About three years, I would for say. For about three years. But this season, you've been saying, it in spite of what Connection post, said... Uh, the entry as a four-year-old. As a four-year-old, that 2019 would be the year. But to be fair, all season, you've been advocating for her. You've been suggesting people back her. I hope Final Furlong podcast listeners have followed you in, because if they have... The prospect is that you're going to be in clover. Now that you're in the position you're in, are you holding Mad Tough, sticking where you are, and do you think she's going to get the job done? I would, if I wasn't on her at the prices I'm on at the moment, I'd st- I'd still be I'd still be backing her at current odds. Oh! Um, she will be favourite. Uh, she is favourite now. She's just gone favourite on the market that counts. Um, she's she's strong nine to four. I see her going off. Oh, seven to four in the day. Uh, she will be strong. I know. There just seems to be a little bit of weakness creeping into to Bouvier there. Yep. Um, he, he'll have his conditions. I've I've always been a fan of his. Interestingly, um, you know, they they both when they were both um, beaten here as as novices, I thought they both came out of the races with a huge amount of credit, and I I predicted that they would. Um, they've gone to, to good things, so I'm not I'm not anti Bouverdere at all. Uh, I thought he got a very negative ride in the Supreme uh, when he was third. He then went on to win at Liverpool, um, uh, and I've always liked him. My worry with him this season, well, my my primary worry is that a lot of horses who are as um, precocious as him, um, you don't tend to get four time winners of the Champion Hurdle because it's very very hard for for champion hurdlers. Um, to maintain their form for that period of time, um, and that's a, a blindingly obvious thing to, to say. But in order to be brilliant at this, you've you've got to have no margin for error. So he, we've raved about his jumping. He's very quick from one side of a hurdle to the other, but he doesn't give them any space at all. Uh, and this season, um, he's made two significant errors which he hasn't really done in the past. And I just wonder whether, as he's getting a little bit older, he's a little bit straight back. He's a, he's a half-brother to a horse called Punchestines, you remember, who couldn't bend his back at all. Yeah. Uh, he looked like he was going to be a superstar. Um, interestingly, Punchestines still rated higher than Bouverdere <laughs> by time form at his peak. Um, and I wonder whether as time goes on, he's just going to start taking chances with his hurdles a little bit, just getting, getting an inch lower. That's all you need to do to go from flicking through the top of him and, and saving ground to getting in too deep and and, um, and making a mistake. And if he starts making mistakes, then that, that's going to tell against him. Um, and again, the other thing is, he really wasn't impressive in a bad champion hurdle last year. Mm. He was two years ago, but it was, and I know that, you know, the excuses have come forward for that and, and they may be fairly valid, but he's, you've got to judge a horse by their current merit. Um, People have said, oh, there's only one race that matters for him this year. This is this race, and you know, they wouldn't really have cared about anything else. Nicky Henderson wants to win the, 
the races along the way. He doesn't want to test the horse too much to win them, but he wants to win. And it was a big disappointment when he didn't win the, the Christmas hurdle. And there was no fluke about that. You watch that race again, he got first run in Verdana Blue because she wasn't meant to win. Well, the you know, fact that, that, was, that, the was fact that Nico de Boinville had a face like Dot Cotton like can piss off oh, a yeah. nettle <laughs> after winning one of the most prestigious grade ones tells you all you need to know. Obscure yeah, bingo. The, I think the, the key <laughs> thing about that race was was that um, we used to talk about his turn of foot as well. Really good turn of foot after the last. Well, he did have a turn of foot after the last at Cheltenham last year. He had a battle to win and fair play to him for doing that. But again, you know, a year or two ago, he would have sprinted past for Dana Blue after the last hurdle that's always been something he could do and that ability to sprint has just come under slight question as well um your view of his current ability depends entirely on your view of the fighting fifth and you can take wildly different views there initially everyone's view was that it was actually the performance of his life he got his highest ever handicap mark um handicap rating from from the bha time form giving give him his highest mark and uh, so did the racing post Timeform have have pulled his rating down by twelve pounds. Subsequently, well, the form is run. dirt. Sorry, the form is dirt. Well, that's the thing. It looked it looked good at the time. Yeah, but it I'd, hasn't it hasn't panned out at like, all. Like let let's um, let's just break break this down for a second. Somerville Boy was a horse that was being talked up by an awful lot of people. Rubbish this season. Sam Crow. It, he was being diverted to the stairs hurdle and has been a nightmare this season. Fizzy and the flow. You can argue about his form. He's had a breathing operation since. And while he won the National Spirit Hurdle last time, he's only now coming around after that breathing up. So he he was, although it was visually very impressive and it looked like a fantastic performance, he was almost certainly flattered that day. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say, I'm, I'm not sure I'd say almost certainly because it helps me to say that. It strengthens my my argument. I'm not sure. I think it's a very tough race to... Um, uh, to to pin down but there is a chance that he's that he's you know we were expecting a certain performance from both him and sam crow and the way it panned out made it look like it was very good um if it was if he'd posted a very good speed figure bearing in mind the grind then you you could give him credit for that and he didn't particularly on the day um so to me it looks like there's a possibility he's regressed slightly since last season whereas apples jade i mean just look at her form um I don't think we've, we've surely never come into this race before with a contender who's won the races by a combined total of 73 lengths, all in graded company. It's insane. Three grade ones. It's just, it's freakish. And it's so freakish that people keep having to invent reasons why it can't be true. But it is true. Hmm. So you've got to start believing. And oh, you yes. believe. And As you... Jeffrey Rush said in Pirates of the Caribbean. And you... <laughs> and you're you... in one. And you are absolutely adamant that she's the one to be on i am too she's a 10-time grade one winner in terms of career trajectory hurricane fly would go on to win 22 she's ahead of him at the respective stages of their careers she's what she's done this season has been insane kevin blake may i put it to you that apples jade will be one of my strongest fancies fancies of the week but that the case against her will be her jumping, which hasn't been pronounced. This is something that you were the one who cottoned onto and you were highlighting last season when she had a nightmare season, jumping out to the right. That hasn't been as severe this time around. And her cycle, they've got right this time around. Are there concerns for you? Or do you think the two-to-one on offer right now is too big and will be much shorter on the day? Oh, I'm, I'm very marginally with her. 
Um, look, the jumping right is a thing. It, it doesn't seem to be as pronounced a thing. Whatever was bothering her last season is almost certainly gone. But there's just a, a little residual behavioural thing there and that she still does it a little bit, even though she's not feeling it probably. Um, the cycle, you just put your trust in Gordon that he's on top of that. He, he's been super aware of it, obviously, the whole way. So they'll be doing everything they can so that that's not an issue. And look, like Rory says, she's just been brilliant this season. Absolutely brilliant. And I hope she comes and produces it again here. Uh, the race... I just can't wait for this race. I cannot wait for this race. It's the most exciting champion hurdle we've had, um, arguably, since your, your Hardy Houston's Archibald Brave Inca days. Yeah, that's a great show. Um, this is fantastic. This is three proper horses, um, with a few more thrown in as well that are well capable of running big ones on their day. But it, it, all the ingredients are there. There will be loads of pace in the race, you'd think. If Apple's Jade isn't doing it, Charlie Parks will be there to push it. Um, and I, I wouldn't see that as a negative for Apple's Jade. She'll be just fine either way. Yeah, because that's something that other people are going to try and beat her with that stick as well. The, the pace of the race. Yeah, she doesn't need it to leave. It doesn't concern me in the slightest. No, but, she... but you have a better... You just have a better judge of this. I, I think that if Charlie Parks wants to go off and make the running, they'll just sit in behind. But even if she has to make the running... She's got so much stamina as well, Kev, that yeah. I'm not that concerned. That she's fine. Look, Jack, Jack will know the right thing. He'll, he'll just, he'll be worrying about her and her going at, at a pace that suits her. And if that means she's in front or if it means she's chasing something, that'll be just fine either way. I don't think it makes a big difference. You have a global citizen in there as well as a potential runner. He, he always goes a gallop. Um, so look, it, all the ingredients are there. The, the run of the race will really suit over there as well. I hope he brings his A game. I hope Lorena is as good as they think she is. And she does things right and gives herself a chance because, Jesus, if, if all three of these now are swinging in around that, that, around that final turn, traveling, oh, good God. With Charger just in behind. Oh, He's stop. a little bit forgotten. Yeah. Oh, I can't wait for this. I'm, I'm so happy that the race has come together because, you know, Rory's been leading the charge with, with it all season with Apple's Jade. Yeah. Wouldn't it be thoroughly, thoroughly depressing if she was going to be, you know, two's on shot for the mayor's hurdle rather than oh. running in this? Oh. You'd be absolutely oh. sick. And Lorena w- would be a big loss to this race as well if she went down that direction. So you have to take your hat off to both sets of connections. They have an alternative option. They'd be long odds on if they took up that option. But they're here. They're doing the right thing by racing. We're supposed to be about finding out what the best horse is, and this race will tell us what the best two-mile herder of recent years is. Well, let me ask you this then, because Eddie O'Leary was adamant right after the Irish Champion Herder. That, that's Eddie. He's going that, for, that, for the mares. That, that's just Eddie. That's their character. You know, okay. they, they've, they've come around to the right way of thinking, and I'm delighted they have. Jared Sullivan could very easily try and pick up uh, a, a nice prize to Cheltenham in the mares hurdle, but from day one, he's been adamant, Champion Hurdle. Yeah, Absolutely. Absolutely, and I can't wait for this because Boover Dare. Look, I've been throwing stones at him over the years. Um, he's a very, very good horse. You know, my only picking with him really was that you couldn't really have him up there as a great based on his first two champion hurdles. He's no Hurricane Fly. The um, he might be, but he hasn't shown. No it, he hasn't fly. shown it yet. Um, this is his chance. If Boover Dare can win this, and it, it would not surprise me in the slightest if he can. I, I think it's a marginal thing for me between Appleshade and Boover if he can do it. He's up there with those horses. He has to be. Okay, but the argument that Kempton doesn't suit him, I take. But he was beaten by an inferior mare in the Christmas Ah, Sure, look, I, I, when when we're looking back on Boover Dare's career, I don't think Verdana Blue will get a mention. This no, this, this day, is which what is my matters. point. This so is what matters. if he couldn't beat Verdana Blue when, as Rory said, everything went right, I know there was a slight mistake. How is he expected to give seven pounds to Apple's Jade that, that, or Lorena? That, that was Kemp. That was Kempton at Christmas. Who cares? 
This is Cheltenham. Nicky Henderson trains for Cheltenham. This horse has shown his best form at Cheltenham. This is where this is what we judge him on. I could care less about Kempton. Clearly wasn't ideal. Couldn't care less. This is the one that matters. Lorena, how do you assess her? Don't want to knock her too much, but I'd be surprised if she was good enough to. Uh, I'd be surprised if she was good enough to get on top of the big two. But I don't doubt that she's up to this. But again, I, I wouldn't be shocked. It wouldn't shock me if she went and won. Because like they've been they've been so big on her now for over a year, and I and I didn't mind her last run. People were knocking it. I I was quite happy with it. You know, bar one big jump at the you know kind of halfway, her jumping was was quite good for her. I thought. Um. So I don't want to knock her, but I just don't know. I don't know. We we you know she has to come up a stone really, um or or the better part of it mm. if she's going to nip Apple's Jade at her best and 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 beat Boover there. But she could. She hasn't had the opportunity to run a big number yet, and I don't want to knock her. Look, it's and it's a race I can't be bullish about, but I'm so so excited about it. Ask me what's going to win the race, Kenners. Who is going to win the race? Oh, I know what you're going to say. I know what you're going to say. Ask throw. the question. Who's going to win the race? Racing. Fuck you. Race. <laughs> racing. Been sitting. But oh. racing is the winner in this. I'm so happy this is happening. And please, baby Jesus, let them all get there in one piece because I cannot wait for this race. It's a cracker. In fairness, it really is a cracker. Um, a, an interesting each way alternative. Now the problem is that from an each way perspective, if the big two run the race, your each way bet is screwed essentially. But Rory, I'll start with you. Is there anything at a bigger price that you're interested in playing for the forecast on Apple's Jade to get greedy and make you even more money or or to play each way for, for listeners who are more interested in backing something at a bigger price? Uh, the straight answer to that is no. Perfect. Kevin Blake. Um, not really. The Silver Streak, if he's a bananas price for a place, he'll be give, probably given a creepy, creepy ride and might just, might sneak in, but no, I wouldn't have any great grow for it now, to be honest, this okay. year. Apple's Jade wins. I'm going to do the straight forecast on Sharjah to sneak into Ooh. second. Where's, sorry, before we move on, where do we think Super Sunday turns up? I think if we get rain on, on if they're still expecting heavy rain on Tuesday, I think... Um, uh, Jesse runs him here. Yeah, I talking, think he'll go stairs. World Hurdle on good ground, but I think she. I think if she thought it was going to be soft, she would run here instead. And if she did that, then he'd be the each way bet in the race. I think he'll go stairs. Kev, you think so? I don't really care. I don't think he's going to win either. Neither, no, he's not going to. No, he's not going to. He's, he's not going to win either. But look at his look at his record. He, you know, he knows how to hit the frame. Yeah. Um. He was well beaten by her last time out, but again. Uh, on on balance of form, he should be a shorter price than he is. And it's not like he's going to collapse in price if he's declared for this. Well, I'll put it this way. If he lines up, he would be the horse I'd be putting in the forecast instead. Yeah. But but the thing is, he should have run in the race last year. So it's a bit late to be doing it now. And don't forget about Mellon. Why? Should look at his prep run last year. It was terrible. Forget him. I gave him another chance. Didn't he run well? You know, he's got a good record around Cheltenham. He'll He'll get his ease in the ground. I wouldn't sleep on him now. There'd be no pressure on him. They can ride him stone cold, put him to sleep. You know, again, I'm not saying he's going to win the race, but it just wouldn't shock me if he hit the frame. That market move last year was insane. Wouldn't be surprised if something happened again. And it take just give us an example of how much money it takes to move a horse significantly <coughs> that 16s, 14s into 7s before the off at Cheltenham. Well, I'm not very good at judging amounts of money, Kenners, but I'd say it would take at least ten billion pounds. That's what I was thinking. That's exactly what I was thinking, and Rory was seventeen too. million. I was going to go for. So, <laughs> so Apple's Jade oh, is Dougal. is 
our general selection. Kevin's going with a heart for Apple's Jade. Oh, no, no, it's, it's, it's a foreign-based choice, but it's just not a really strong one. Okay, it's a super strong one for me. I think she wins it, and Rory Delargy is already planning his retirement after she wins the champion hurdle. Lads, when, if you need a bet to enjoy this race, get out! Get yeah, out! Yeah, we don't want sit you! Sit back and watch it. It's just going to be fantastic. Um, straight on to the Maris hurdle, which, to be fair has come into being a, a great race. Apple Jade won this two years ago, beaten last year when she had a nightmare campaign. But two years ago, uh, Apple Jade, Vroom Vroom Mag and Lamini fought out a fantastic finish. Lamini is back. Benny de Dieu, I'll go with that pronunciation. She's had more engagements this year than Katie Price. And she has yet to hit the track. So you were making the point that you think she's the worst favorite at the Cheltenham preview note for us on, on Tuesday at Cheltenham. And the more I think about it, Kev, the more I agree with you. Uh, she's currently four to five. I'll just run through the figures really quickly. Lorena is in there at five to four. Lamini is a eight to one shot with some, but generally six to one. Stormy Ireland, who I really like, is eights. Uh, and Mia Storm, a spoiler alert, 16 to one. The reason why you think she's one of the worst favorites at the festival? Um, she's going to go off at... She's going to go off at four to six or four to seven, I'd say. Yeah. And, um, you know, you've Ruby saying she's his, his bet of the week and so on. I, I suspect it, it'll all... Sorry, was that not just one of the weirdest things to be to be saying? I know. What's you've, wrong, what's you've wrong got, with you've was, got bills here. Was he just saying she, she was his most likely winner? Yeah, rather than shortest price horse to ride all week. your piggy bank. Yeah. Okay. Um, Which is true. I mean, you know, he, he doesn't have the greatest book of rides on paper. Well, he's only got... all done. So by only got one, the thing that's all done is has, your best he, chance of winning. He has the winner. same amount of favourites for Cheltenham as Emma Lavelle. Oh, Jesus. Um, but, yeah, look, the, the, my case here is fairly straightforward. Um, last season, leading into this race, Benny the Joe had, had an ideal preparation, had a run, got to the races, got her... Willie is... I know there's a form book case to be made against it, but Willie is fairly adamant that she prefers soft ground. She got her ground there. The race was run perfectly to suit. Richard Johnson went b -b -b bananas from four out. I think I have a bit of a stat on that and all. From four out to two out in the mayor's hurdle last year, the leaders went 10 lengths faster than the leaders did in either the champion hurdle or the supreme novice Jesus in, in races that are half a mile shorter I watched the race with you I remember you saying at the time this is insane they're racing an awful long way out and I think Rich, Richard Johnson was just trying to, to beat Apple's Jade and kind of forget about everyone else but um, didn't work out clearly but meanwhile while that was happening Ruby was able to sit very chilly and get a beautiful toe into the race got the split when she needed it in a nutshell everything was perfect for Benny the Joe last season Rory stop making noise in the background let Kevin make his point <laughs> dear god it's, a, it's the bleeding army <laughs> hit the mute button man and despite all that she's fallen in to beat Midnight Tour by half a length fallen in mm. forget about Apple's Jade and Turd lads she wasn't within a, a, a ass's roar of her true form she's beaten Midnight Tour a 145 rated mayor who who never be rated higher than that you know that's her she she ran to that mark every day she ran to form um, and that's not form that I would be getting excited about she went to Punchestown afterwards um, Apple's Jade again a shadow of herself and she's beaten Apple's Jade uh, Augusta Cade sorry rated 144 that was written stone cold to, to hit the frame and um, she hasn't exactly blown you away the way she's done it I think she's probably a 150 mare she's rated 151 that's probably a good reflection of her Will she run to that level again this year? Um, she doesn't. She hasn't had a prep race. 
Um, she, the ground might be okay for her. It might be on the soft side. That'll be okay. But it's highly unlikely she'll get as kind a spin through the race as she got last season. And she doesn't have to be too many pounds below that 151 to get nipped here, I think. Um, and there's a few in there that she, I could definitely make a case for. I, I could make a case for Limini. You know, if she came back to herself, she'd surely be a big, big factor here. You know, she it's not that long ago she was finishing um, right on the arses of Apple Jade and Vroom Vroom Mag in this yeah. race. Um, and she didn't run too bad last time behind presenting Percy. She To me, she just looked like she didn't quite get home. Um, so back to the course and distance, we know she, she enjoys. She's clearly had problems, but she did win the valuable race in the flat over the summer yeah, as well. Yeah, look, she shows there's heaps of ability left in there. That that Winning that handicap in the flat was a big performance. So, um, you know, she doesn't. if she comes back to her best, she wins, I think. But it, there, I wouldn't knock you for having question marks about it, given the, the her overall form and recent starts. So the one I was putting up at a, at a mad price, and... The rain is putting me off a little bit at the minute, but Mia Storm, um, who I think is a 150 mare, um, you know, she beat Elegant Escape in a novice chase there last season. Um, they've switched their back to hurdles this season. She bolted up off 142 in a handicap hurdle at Utoxeter. Um, fell in a little bit at Kempton last time, but I think coming back to two and a half miles will be a help to her. No nonsense ride. Would prefer decent ground. Um, I wouldn't want a heap of rain for her. Um, the prize she's been aimed at this race uh, and I think there was a lot to like there at a big big prize she's trimmed up a little bit um, and the way given that this is a kind of our final answers podcast the way I leave this race is that if it's good to soft even good to soft soft in places I'll stick with Mia Storm if they're calling it soft good to soft in places I'd probably veer more towards Limini okay but the, the, the moral of the story is Benny the Joe take her on you're, you can advise if you're on Bedford you can layer essentially yeah, if, would, you wanna, oh, if you want to go and do would, that wouldn't knock that either yeah. can I just get a, before I get Rory's thoughts on this can I get a quick word from you in Stormy Ireland I, I really really liked this this mare and she was in the process of running a monstrous race in the Triumph Hurdle last year having pulled like a train and then came down at the last she wasn't going to win it um, but I still think there's a big race in her. Yeah, over two miles. It's a. I think this this will stretch her. This will stretch her. Especially, okay. you know, horses like her that are naturally free go when you put them into the Cheltenham environment and it tends to get worse. And to be fair, she was running very well last year, but um, she was beaten and it, was, it wasn't a very good triumph, was it? No, it wasn't. It, no, well, it certainly hasn't turned out that way. And... God, it was a nasty fall, I thought, for, for a Stink while Stink fall, yeah. Stink I, fall. I, she was in danger for a while. It was some sight when she came back into the parade ring. Um, Rory, a strong case been made by Kevin Blake against Benny de Dua. Um, <laughs> it'll be interesting to see if Rich Ritchie gets what kind of an interview he's given afterwards, if, if the horse does go and win, what kind of a support there is for him in light of certain things. But uh, your assessment of the mayor's race uh i i object to it on moral grounds as well you know <laughs> um at, at this stage i would say i think kevin's probably right i think she ends up being a very short price in the day i'd be back in her now yeah she's she's odds against on betfair um i'd be back in her at the, at the prices at the moment but they have to win if you to get paid out rory price, just just trade it all back uh, okay <laughs> you know I, I don't i don't have a, i don't have a hugely strong view i don't i don't particularly like anything else in the race I, i'd be vaguely interested in limini but you know what are people asking about people who want to back limini 
are asking for three quid at 700 on the exchange at the moment. Yeah. That doesn't exactly fill you with confidence. Uh. Uh. Um, and I guess part of that is the fact that she's, you know, she's in the same colours as the favourite. Um, but there's no, there's no strength about anything else in the market. And the, the weakness in Benny De Gere would be if the ground came up good, because that would suit um, a couple of her rivals a lot better than her. Um, she does want it soft, and if it rains heavily, it just it just makes her look more obvious. And I can see her going off at uh, four to seven on the day, if that's the case. Roy, I know that Willie Mullins has this insane record of bringing horses to the Cheltenham Festival for the seasonal debut and going and winning, and yada yada yada. But that point about her having more engagements than Katie Price uh, this season—Are you concerned that she's been entered so many times and hasn't run? Well, if she wasn't fit to run, then he wouldn't have been. He wouldn't have been entering her. Um, Willie said that it's purely down to the ground. She needs to have soft ground, and even when there has been a little bit of rain around, you know, as as Pat Kelly, Pat Kelly's made exactly the same point. You know, there's been well, he hasn't made the point at all, obviously, but <laughs> <laughs> Philip Reynolds has. Um, that even when there has been a little bit of rain, the the, the you know the going's been loose on top and still and still um, firmish underneath, and you know with. Uh, with with horses who you have very high hopes for, or with with uh, horses like her who, who need to have soft ground, um, sometimes you you've got to draw stumps. And the fact that Willie's won this before, um, with a, with a mare who didn't need a prep race, uh, means he, he's in a better position than most. If, if you know, if she was trained by someone who you knew liked to get two runs into them before the festival, that would be a concern. But um, and it's it's not ideal. You don't want to back something at odds on that hasn't had a run all season. It takes a hell of a lot of faith. Um, so I couldn't I couldn't encourage anyone to get too heavily involved in this. Um, but I, I I just think it's a it's a bad race um, behind you know the first the first three or four in the in the market and she's probably got the class to come through it. Um, her run you know her 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 form winning this last year was not. Um, uh, was not overly strong, but the Punchestown form is is a lot better. Um, and if she runs to the Punchestown form, then she wins. It's as simple as that. Rory, what do we need to do about this race? We won't get too deep on it here, but we're not that many years removed from a mare's hurdle where we had three real good mares in in Apple's Jade, Vroom Vroom, and Limini going head to head, and there was a fabulous race and all Brilliant that. Brilliant finish. But it like it wouldn't have taken a real leap now for this year's mare's hurdle to be Benny the Joe versus Apple's Jade versus Lorena. And yeah. we would have had the you know one of our championship races uh, robbed of two of the main contenders. Decimated. Like I, my thought with this, and I don't know how you do it. You probably have to be a bit creative with um, your race conditions. This needs to be restricted to, to not to one fifty, doesn't it? I don't know how you change I, yeah, the status of it. Drop, so. drop it a grade or two. Um, you'd obviously need to have an official rating on the first. Oh, no, actually, you wouldn't need. You, you would just make sure that you know if you're looking at horses who who were. Um, 150 types, then the handicapper should have enough to go on to give them a rating, even if they only had a couple of runs. Um, yeah, it has to be something like that. Um, yeah, because they, these races, like the, the whole mayor's program, wasn't designed with the objective of taking away from championship races. The whole point of, of thickening out the mayor's program was to encourage it's people to, bring to put mayors in make, training. And make them championship ready. Yeah. And, 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 chan- to, um, just put and them, to keep them in training. Just put them in training and try. Mm. Yeah. You know, yeah. Like, I think it, it, it defeats... Like an ought to 150 now would be a, a, 
a super race for an awful lot of mares. It would only there'd only be a handful knocked out every you, year. Well, that's the thing. Yeah, you've got to, you've got to keep looking at the population as, and you, you wouldn't necessarily have it as one fifty, um, a not to one fifty forever. Um, but you look at the population of of the mares in training, and there aren't that many, there aren't that many who are north of one fifty. Mm. There are very few, and and you know obviously if you had if you had ten of them. Who were between 150 and 155? Then you'd 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 want to make it a, a not a 155, because um, that would make it very competitive. So you you you, you fit the conditions uh, to the horse population to make it as competitive as possible, and to, and to to increase the quality as much as you can without turning it into what it has been on a number of occasions where it's been very uncompetitive. Um, and this this year looks like we're back to the old Cavega days. Now, I don't have a problem with that, by the way. Cuvega is an absolute Cheltenham legend. Pop quiz, hot shot. How many times did Cuvega win the Mares Art? <laughs> I got this wrong Nobody before. Cares. Is it Nobody six? cares. It is six. It's ridiculous. Second, <laughs> unbelievable. And, and that's why there's a bar named after her there. Second pop quiz, hot shot. How many times has Willie Mullins won the Mares Hurdle? Go. Five. All four, of them bar one. Three. Well done. Um, he, all of them bar that's two. All that's of them bar two. Uh, Donald McCain won the first year when Tony McCoy really should have won in refinement, but he had a back spasm. Was it something nine times he's won it? He has won it nine times. There we go. In the last 10 years. There we go. Uh, Gordon Elliott's Apples Jade beat him there. So, Rory, your bet is to take the 11 to 10, 10 to 11 that's on offer now about Benny Did You, and then no, lay it back, off when, it, when she yeah, goes back off. On the, back on the exchanges now at the top price, which is a shade over even money. Okay, and then when Betfair um, are going four to seven either, about her, which, which was Broomview Mag's price. Get out. Yeah, yeah. Okay. If, it gets, if it gets really silly, um, then get out. Or indeed, if, it, if if you keep an eye on the weather forecast, and if it looks like it's not going to rain, then you probably want to change your view as well and, and take a small loss if she drifts slightly. But you know, she's still going to be she's still going to be tight. It's not like she's going to drift it two to one if if um, if the going is going to be good to soft. Um, but the more rain, the better for her, um, and and the more it's um, it lessens the chance of most of her rivals. Okay, Kevin. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, as mentioned before, Mia Storm and Lamina Lamini. If the depending on the ground, that's yes. the way you're playing yeah. it. And similar idea, go on Bedford lay, essentially. Yeah, uh, I like yeah. the play. The final furlong podcast is proudly sponsored by Coral. Look out for exclusive final furlong smart boosts on attheraces.com. The smart money's on Coral. BeGambleAware.org, 18 plus. The running order for Cheltenham has changed, so the Close Brothers Novices Handicap Chase is now the second last race of the day. The current market as it stands is a Plutard at seven to one. Riders in the storm sevens as well. Tower Bridge, tens and nines, depending on where you shop around. Move with the Times, who was a big Harry Durham horse for us in the podcast last year. Maybe this will be his year, 12 to one, 10 to one. Uh, Highway 101 is 14s, Roaring Bull 16s, and Poker Party, much to the frustration of Tony Keenan from the Cheltenham preview night the other night, is out of this race. He was the only Irish horse who actually kept his racing. Um, Rory. Who is your fancy for the Close Brothers Novices Handicap Chase? Um, I am probably... I've had a couple of strong fancies for this early in the season, um, and the trainers of both of them have not bothered protecting their mark. How dare they? How dare they? I know. <laughs> one of the favourite for the Oracle now. What, what kind of good thing would Glenn Force be in here if it didn't run lads. last time? Um, but uh, there you have it. Uh, I'm. It's a fairly dull one, but I'm coming around strongly to a Plutard. Hmm. Um, he's got he's got plenty in his favour. Um, 
his, his chase form is good and progressive and he's got that uh, grade three placing last time out he's a, he's a sound jumper a strong traveler um, and again you don't want to be trying to make all the running in this race um, and the fact that he's um, he can he can either track the pace or um, win his races when held up uh, gives him a big chance he's solid um, and I think he deserves to be favourite. There are one or two who might, who, who arguably are marginally better handicapped than him. Uh, Riders in the Storm is obviously interesting. Um, I just, I, I wonder whether he's, whether I mean, he should be best at two and a half miles plus Riders in the Storm. And you can argue the fact that he's had a couple of runs at two miles leaves him unexposed for this because uh, this trip should be ideal. But I like to see them conditioned at the trip before they run at it. Um, at Cheltenham um, but yeah he's, he's definitely interesting riders in the storm but he's been quite well fined it was a bigger price um, last week um, there are lots of horses in there I don't like I have to say name um, give us a go well you know just most of them really but the horse <laughs> I do like the horse I do like who I thought was would not make the cut but it's looking increasingly like he will and Kevin knows this as well actually is another crick who's number 27 now He's getting closer and closer. I, I imagine not many of these are coming out. He looked a million to get in the race. Um, but 27 means he doesn't need too many to come out. The downside to that is I, I reckon most of those who are left in are intended runners. But if he does sneak into the bottom of the handicap, um, Noel Williams' horse has got a, a really good chance. Um, been progressive all season. I've been with him his last couple of runs um, at Newbury. And at Kempton, he beats season handicappers um, by 13 lengths. A Kempton last time out looking um, miles ahead of his mark he has gone up on the weights for that he's got 12 points to 136 you wouldn't normally expect 136 to get into this um, and I suspect um, the six year old who's improving all the time would have a very very good chance if he makes the cut I still think that's odds against um, but I definitely want to have him on one side okay Kevin Blake <sighs> a few that I like for this along the way um, aren't going to run I give a quick mention for two uh, Riders on the Storm for Tom Taff um, looks to have got in off a reasonable mark I think um, ran quite well behind Hardline and Getabird that day at Limerick that we spoke about earlier and went and got the job done at Punchestown last time beating Impact Factor I think his mark could have been they could have gone heavier with him but they haven't um, I th- if he settles um, I think he'll have a fair chance but it's not a, it's not a bullish view and the other one I'd give a mention to um, there'll be an, an amount of focus on Tower Bridge I think because people will think he's a bit of a wise guy horse but um, geez, he was fierce disappointed in the first couple of days and a bit more like it last time but yeah it, it's not like he's chucked in compared to, with his hurdle form now so um, given his the fact that he's only ran one good race over fences it wouldn't be I'd love to be wrong but it wouldn't be for me I'd actually prefer Joseph's other one to be fair I'm Shady Operator um, he beat Bally Ward um, in, a, in a beginner's chase at Punchestown did, did a really good job in a day he he was kind of pocketed there and he had to be he had to be tough to do what he did to get up and, and nut him close home good performance that disappointing last time but I just suspect that coming back to two and a half might suit him he would have been a questionable stayer now before he went and beat Bally Ward over that trip but um, I think a stiff two and a half now could well play to his strengths the, the handicapper has been fair to him I think and um, yeah he'd probably be a marginal pick but it's not a bullish opinion okay I'll take two darts at this race move at the times who just seems to have been campaigned for Cheltenham again and I think is is very interesting and highway 101 
Although that was a, a decent enough run last time out, and I would be very interested in him at around about 12, 14 to 1, which means, gentlemen, we have come to the final race of the day. And it is the National on Chase, where the betting is headed by OK Corral. All the wise guys started lumping on this horse for the National on Chase. The second Derek O'Connor was booked, never mind seeing the horse win, second he was booked for OK Corral at Ballyward. The horse who did not get an RSA chase entry by Patrick Mullins so he could ride this horse in the four-miler uh, is closing all the time to be joint favorite in some places, at least second favorite. You're looking at 11 to 4, 3 to 1. Disco-rama. Oh, yes. Spoiler alert. Kevin Blake likes this one. 8 to 1. Le Bouverel at 10 to 1. It's... Le Bouverel. Bouv... Le Bouverel. Le <laughs> Let's go with that, shall we? The Codfather. No, let's not go with that. That's not, <laughs> not even close. That's, that, that's almost the name of an entirely different horse. Nice badly. Le Bouverel. <laughs> uh, I like Ballyward. I think he wins it. Um, Rory Delarge. Love you, Graham. <laughs> I've got the scarf. I've got the Graham Wiley scarf here in the final Furlong Podcast Studios thank you very much to Horse Racing Scarfs for sending it over we'll be announcing the winners on Saturday by the way uh, Ballyward for me Rory for you um, much as I would love to see Discorama uh, win this I'd much prefer him to run somewhere else having backed him for a couple of other races at big prices um, and um, yeah I, I, I rate the form of the um, um the Nace Racecourse Business Club Novices Chase um, that Bally Ward won last time out right, when Disco Rama was throwing down a challenge at the last when he took that X-rated fall. Um, that's good form, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Um, and you can't really knock it. And uh, Bally Ward is... Uh, a, a, looks a pretty good... His lack of experience is a bit of a worry. Because, again in this race I tend to look for horses who've had lots of experience but the race has changed a little bit over the years it used to be a proper cavalry charge and you needed to um, you needed to just to be able to survive the first half of the race and experience counted for an awful lot maybe marginally less important now but you still look at the winners of this race and most of them have had, have had plenty of experience you know 8, 9, 10 races over fences so um, Ballyward comes here after two, but he's he's hit a very high level already, uh, and he would have been a he'd have been a leading contender for the RSA, wouldn't he? Um, yeah. So he does look to have a bit of a uh, a bit of a class edge, and I would give him I give him a big chance of winning this. Um, I do like Discorama. I've always liked Discorama. I put him up as a, as a horse to follow at the start of the season. Um, my thinking with him was that you know he's the kind of horse who will disappoint. A couple of times through the season, but then pop up and win a, win a handicap at a decent price. And he does have entries and handicaps, including the Ultima. I'm not sure that he would stay four miles. Obviously, I'm, I, I'm differing from from Kevin on that. Um, for me, he's got to turn a foot. You know, I know he's. You see him running on well at the end of three miles um, on occasion, but um, he's um, he tends to. T- they tend to employ exaggerated waiting tactics on him and then he's, then he's able to, to actually quicken from midfield. Um, so that, that makes me wonder whether uh, whether uh, four miles will suit him and the way the race is run. Um, but it'd be nice to see him win. Um, you could argue that Impulsive Star's in the wrong race because he's still well handicapped. Um, but, you know, 
this is his second try in this race and he's got the experience for it and he was better than ever when he won at uh, Warwick last time out so I can see him running a big race and I think this is an important race for the Willie Corns to win because the National Hunt Chase used to be the big race in the meeting mm. I know, and I know it's, it's of no great importance these days um, 74 grand to the winner um, but you know they're proper old fashioned um, amateurs and uh, winning the National Hunt Chase, which which Sam has done before, but Robert Wheelicorn hasn't owned the winner of this before. Uh, so I think they both like to do that, and and um, he comes into the equation. But so, now I'm I, again, I probably wouldn't be um, recommending massive stakes on him, but um, it's very hard to um, to argue that Ballyward shouldn't be a clear favourite for this. Um, just the slight the slight quibble about his experience over fences, but. I thought he looked a very safe conveyance last time out, and hopefully um, he will do so again. He's a big fancy for me, Kevin Blake. Uh, Disco Rama, though, is the one for you. Yeah, and look, me and Rory disagree in this, but that's, that's hunky-dory. Um, I just, you know, I, I just... He just gives me the impression of one that'll be happier going a little bit slower in the early stages, looking at his runs over fences so far. I just... I, I think he'll be happy for that little bit of extra time to organise himself. Uh, and I don't doubt it. I don't doubt his stamina. I think he'll be okay. I think he'll be okay. And um, and that's it. Look, the case has been made a, a good bit um, over the course of the season because you, you, long-term listeners will recall Rory giving this horse a big blow-up at the very start of this season and um, with a view to his novice chasing campaign. Um, he, he ran a fabulous race in the Martin Pipe last year, showing his liking for the place, albeit on the hurdle track. And um, I thought he was coming to lay down a proper challenge to Ballyward, and he might well have beaten him last time. And if you believe that at the price he is, he has to be supported. Big time, big time. Uh, to quote Kevin Blake, one at a wild price. Now, he'd really have to find something. But Warthog. <sighs> and bear in mind that I am done. There was a story about the Imperial Cup, which we were, we were thinking about it. We couldn't be bothered to preview it. Cheltenham's just too excited. There's a story about a, a David Pipe trained horse being gambled on it. And I looked at it and rang my therapist straight away. Um, no thanks. But he was... Uh, he, there's, there's a decent enough prize in him and he could sneak into the, to the places. And if someone's stupid enough to go fours on the day, four places on the day, then... <laughs> Look, he's 50 to 1. But it's a Ballyward is a very, very strong selection for me. Uh, which brings us to best bets oh. of day one. Uh, Kevin Blake is in shock that I'm asking such a question. So, Rory Delargy, your best bet of day one of the 2019 Cheltenham Festival. Well, let's not mess around here. Apples, Jays. Up your boy, we we yeah. got to hammer the point home, don't we? Yes! Kevin Blake. I, I love a 25 to 1 poke, and there will be 25 to 1 pokes, but... Let's uh, let's make it clear. We're going to war with Apples Jade. Yeah. Oh yes. Yeah. Kevin Blake. Hard line in the article. There comes a time where you have to take a stand, where you have to put your opinion on the line, and I'm fully behind Rory Delargy. Go on, Apples Jade. Go on. <laughs> Show up over there for what he is. Get it done. She wins the champion hurdle. That's it. That is our day one preview of the Cheltenham Festival. <laughs> the what? Like, what? <laughs> I, I haven't had enough Fox's Fruits in the last 10 minutes. Jeez. That's what's wrong, probably. Um, thanks so much for listening. Hopefully you enjoyed it. There are three more of these to come. Uh, the day two preview will be released very, very soon. Again, you can subscribe to get all of the content on uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, 
uh, and whatever your podcast app basically is, you'll never miss an episode by uh, by tuning into us and subscribing there at theracers.com as well. We're previewing all four days. If you haven't checked out the Cheltenham Festival mega site, there is some world-class insight in there. There's trends analysis. Um, there's anti-post betting tips. Hugh Taylor has been putting up some, some horses as well. The race cards are spectacular. And there's plenty of other content there, including stable tours from Kevin Blake. Who have you done your most recent stable tours with, Kev? Um, Henry de Bromhead was the last in the pack. Uh, we've Joseph <laughs> O'Brien, Gordon Elliott, Willie Mullins, and that's it, I think. Yeah. And there's plenty of British trainers sorted as well, so... Don't miss it. Check out at theraces.com as if you wouldn't, uh, but go to the mega site. There is some brilliant stuff there. Rory, you're back with us for Gold Cup Day. Indeed. Which we are recording on Saturday. Uh, so very much looking forward to that. You said Sunday. No. What? I don't know what producer D was telling you, but I'm I'm telling you right now. What time are you doing that then? Uh, <laughs> oh Jesus! <laughs> Save it for the production meeting off air. Uh, but we will be back recording the podcasts for day three and day four. Declan Ricks, Vanessa Ryle, and Rory Delargy all joining us. Uh, there is a man called James Collister who is a long-time listener to the Final Forlum podcast. He uh, runs the Cheltenham gift shop at the track. He's been a big fan of the show for a long time, and he very, very kindly, and we love free stuff, very, very kindly sent Kevin and I Giggenstown stud scarves, and he also sent us uh, ties. The ties are uh, silk ties made up of the silks of famous Gold Cup winners of years gone by. So Giggenstown stud, Cotto Stars colours, Arkles colours are there as well. Um, it's just fantastic. If you're in Cheltenham during the week, pop on into the Cheltenham gift shop, look for James and tell him Kenner sent you. He'll look after you, I'm sure. And thank you very much, James. And keep the free stuff coming to the Final Furlong Podcast Studio. From Rory Delargy. Good luck. And check out Rory's content in... Which paper are you writing for, by the way? Obviously, the Irish Field and... Uh, Irish Daily Star as well. Irish Daily Star. And the Weatherby's Cheltenham Festival Guide. Which is fantastic and is on my iPad here. Uh, I will also be in the Irish Daily Star this Saturday, by the way. Uh, Kevin Blake, you can read some fantastic Breaking content. Breaking news! No. Bally Ward has been supplemented for the RSA. Ah, you're taking the piss. I am literally not. You are taking I the I promise you. This is a joke. Oh, wait a minute. It might, it might be a joke. Oh, fantastic. No, I, I might not be, unless the fella's gone to the trouble of photoshopping this. <laughs> this is brilliant if you've been caught out. This is absolutely hilarious if you've been caught out. Please tell me this is a joke of the highest wait, order. No, I got a text this morning from Mike Ward that just said Delta work, and I went, please tell me he's not out. Please tell me he's not out. And he was just making a point about him. Uh, thank God. We'll get confirmation here. Here we go. This is this all is, loading This up. is an elaborate joke if it isn't. This, if is, it this isn't is real case. time. Uh, the broadband, as we've told you before, is I, horrible. I, I, no, I, I've been had. I've been yes! Flicky's <laughs> been had! He's had! I, I'll give this guy a name check because that, that's good banter. <laughs> Sam Rain. <laughs> <laughs> he's done that he's literally photoshopped in Bally Ward's name with sup with sup after it brilliant <laughs> on the list of confirmations that, um, that the PA have just put out that is a piece of absolute genius <laughs> that nice. is a piece of absolute genius and you fooled nice. you fooled the award nominated writer 
Kevin Blake on the podcast and if he thinks for one second that's been taken out he can forget about it it's staying in oh the comments underneath this fella's losing their minds oh fantastic I'm even more confident now about Ballyworth for the four miler by the way there is breaking news Joe Colliver is due in court on drink driving on the day that Sam Spinner runs in the oh. stairs hurdle. Was that Jeez. for his ride on Sam Spinner last year? Could, could possibly be. <laughs> but on Tish, you gotta laugh, folks. You gotta laugh. Um, Rory Delargy, you are writing for the Irish Field and indeed for the Irish Daily Star, which I will also be contributing to on Saturday. So some fantastic stuff from Rory. Check it out there. And of course, we'll chat to you again on Saturday for Gold Cup Day, my good man. Marvellous stuff. You could have sounded a little bit more enthusiastic there, Rory, but that's fine. And from Kevin Blake, you're with me for the next three podcasts, and you've got some gold content on AtTheRaces.com, as we said as well. So we're about to record day two's podcast, so get ready. Good luck. And we are back very, very soon with Mr. Declan Ricks for day two of Cheltenham 2019. Thanks again for all the kind words on social media. Hopefully you enjoyed this show. If you did, five-star rating on Apple Podcasts would be much appreciated, wouldn't it, Blake? Yes. And free Fox's fruits would be even more to continue my addict, addicting habit. By the way, I did. I had no idea the Chiron on the Cheltenham preview night was going to say Emmett Kennedy addict, but that's also genius. So much so, I've made it my Twitter profile and Facebook profile. Picture. So much so that that um, Google searches for the words Chiron have gone through the roof this morning. So I didn't have a clue what it meant. Did you, you work in TV. You didn't know I've what Chiron never, meant. I've never heard that word in my life. Oh my god! Well, now I know. Jesus. There we go. Uh, that's it, folks. We're done. Thanks very much. We will be back with another three daily Cheltenham previews on attheraces.com from all of us God bless the final furlong podcast is proudly sponsored by Coral look out for exclusive final furlong smart boosts on attheraces.com the smart money's on Coral begambleaware.org 18 plus have you downloaded the free at the races app yet with easy to use race cards and form expert daily tips plus video replays and in-app betting it's the app that no racing fans phone should be without Available for free on your iPhone or Android mobile, visit attheraces.com forward slash app for more details.